こんにちはみんなそしてホストの女子はフランシスコ・ミッチェルとハトリのマシュー・ビビアンが予定されている2本立てのエピソード12へようこそマットお元気ですか that it? That's it. That's great. Hello. Yep. Yeah, it was your line. It ends with how are you, Matt? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you. For everyone at home who is uncultured,、um, I'll translate that, such as Matt, who didn't answer immediately. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Slated Double Features with your hosts, Joshua Francisco Mitchell and my bird of a feather, Matthew Vivian. Oh, how are、I'm, you, Matt? I'm great, thank you. What a lovely way of describing me. Oh,、um, I, I thought of a bird related intro. Well, there is a. He's not even a real bird, but there is. Kind of a heron in, in Boy and Heron.、Um, what episode number are we calling this? Because we have a lost episode, the previous one. We do have a lost episode. Yeah, if, if you didn't see on our Instagram story, firstly, what are you, do- what are you doing? Oh, get a life. Fo- follow us. And on TikTok. Matt does our TikTok. No, I don't. I've never been on our TikTok. <laughs> I just、uh, heard that we have one. <laughs> so we plan to do an end of the year roundup with a, a best of and worst of. But、um, one of us, and I don't want to name names because I don't want to embarrass、uh, yourself. One of us. <laughs>、yeah. it, it could be either one of us.、Um, <laughs> It's not me. Lost the, their half of the best of. So,、uh, episode 11 was just a worst of the year, which is still such a great episode. It, it made it even better, really, that it was just the worst of. We、yeah. sound more contrarian. I mean, we could upload just me talking, just my side of the conversation, <laughs> just me talking about how much I love bottoms and then just loads of silence. But,、um, you, you love what? No, what? No. Oh my god. It's a film. It's a motion、yeah. picture. Never heard of that. Maybe I'll,、um, I'll like ad lib to your half. I'll guess what I had said、yeah. <laughs> to your responses. <laughs> yeah, so we do have a missing episode. It's like that one missing episode of SpongeBob,、uh, except no one will care enough about finding ours.、Um, so that's gone forever. So, this week we will be doing a very Japanese centric episode, if you hadn't have guessed.、Um, we will be looking at bottoms. And what? <laughs> not really. The Boy and the Heron and Godzilla Minus One. Great. What an exciting week. Well, it is exciting, but we sort of had a bit of a break between you know, Christmas, New Year's. I was、mm. editing my feature, <laughs> Joshua was working. We were just sort of wound down a little bit. And that means that I watched Godzilla Minus One about two weeks ago and The Boy and the Heron like one week ago. So I'm going to try and remember them as best I can. How's the editing going? It's going very well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's such a huge task editing a feature, way more than I thought it would be, especially when like,、mm. the rushes aren't necessarily how I, how I wanted them a lot of the time. We don't have all the coverage I wanted.、Mm. But I mean, I'm sure that's the case with loads of things. But it's fine. I mean, I, there's some scene, I've done about, about half an hour of it, I'm pretty happy with. It's pretty strong. And then the rest of it, I just need to do what I can with. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to watch the first. Six minutes. Is it picture lock? Did you say that picture lock?、Um, I think pretty、Almost. much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It'd be some more sounds,、um, a couple of other things, but yeah,、mm. pretty much. Which is such a great start, such a strong start to Matt's feature. And for those listeners out there who、uh, I'm sure you know of, of Matt's feature, Mayfly,、uh, we spoke about it multiple times, but、um, it was filmed in a very unique way.、Um, what happened? What was the, the old shooting side of this that makes it kind of. Different from, from another feature.、Uh, you know, like in, in interviews with directors, when someone asks them, like, what advice do you have for making our own films? And they basically, loads of them say, I've heard loads of different directors say this,、um, like, back in our day, we had to spend so much money on film.、Um, if we were like you and we had access to, like, phones, we would just film so many shorts on our, on our phones.、Mm. And so I thought,、But、like. Take into account, they can use their phones and. Million dollars worth of budget that they would have. They would have had if they didn't spend、uh, on film. Yeah, yeah.、Um, but no, but、so、I thought, like, well, that, that is kind of true because at the end of the day, you look at old sort of shorts and they are in like terrible film quality. And yeah, that looks、mm. quite nice artistically. But、um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you get recognized more for the, the talent, the direction and the writing and the acting and stuff. Yeah.、Um, so I, I, I thought, like, all right, well, whenever I worked on other, I worked on like a couple of amateur features and there's so much time spent on like setting up camera and stuff and making sure everything's in focus. I thought, well, phones, autofocus,、um, auto exposure, pretty much. Great, let's do that. Just point and shoot. I wouldn't personally do that again. There's certain times, it was certainly really easy、uh, and there, were, there are some bits that look great, but then. Just, it's temperamental. Some shots look absolutely awful and it's really hard to.、Fo- it, like, it's, it's be- they're really bad in low light, for instance. And it's,、mm. 
and they're also every shot is so inconsistent the coloring of it because it just like uses ai these days to just yeah. give you what it thinks is the best image so there's it's so hard to color grade and it's we ended up shooting on on three like quote-unquote cameras with it yeah google My, pixel um, 7 pro which is meant yeah. to be like the best phone camera but and and sometimes it looks incredible you it, it looks just sometimes like a, it's great a normal camera really good but, um, yeah there's just i don't know certain things it just can't do even even weirdly um because we filmed on my pixel and matt's pixel the the quality between the two of yeah. them are like a night and day mine for some looks reason really good. Looks yeah awful. mine is is all over the shop yeah and it's it, I, like it's so weird we, we researched it and we matched settings and we did everything we could to try and reduce any sort of discrepancy in image and quality yeah. and all of that jazz but they ended up being so different it's it's such a weird i don't know it's just so bizarre yeah i don't know why it is um but yeah i'm editing that it's coming along quite well but it's still going to be ages away yeah that's very exciting yeah um, i'm excited to watch it, all of it every single bit oh boy i hope everyone watches every single bit and yeah. i know all of our listeners at home are going to watch every single bit as well i have a feeling yeah because they've all just followed our Instagram yeah, and your TikTok. better all the I put into it. What is it, 85 <laughs> minutes out of your life? That's not very long. I just thought we need to talk... There's so many things we need to talk about because it's been like two weeks since our last one. We've got mm. a lot of catch-up stuff to do. We do. We do. So, are you saying that... Let me get this right. Are you saying that you want to go into our weekly roundup yeehaw? I would love nothing more. Go. Let's go I rapid. I can't remember what I did last time. Did I talk about... Most I watched, of mine are Christmas films. I watched most of The Wallace and Gromit. I watched The Grin... Oh, I, I won't go that far back. I watched It's a Sin. It's fantastic. Did I talk about that last week? Maybe. I don't know. I watched Paddington 2. Obviously a masterpiece. Unfortunately, no mm. longer Rotten Tomatoes' highest rated film. Oh. Because it, it, what it was, if anyone doesn't know, it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with the most mm. reviews, which means it's like the highest rated film on there, which everyone was very happy with because it's... Just a great film. It's great. It's a great family I film. I watched it over Christmas as well. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. Now, someone's given it a lower review, which means it's been knocked down. And so the current oh, highest film is Leave No Trace, directed by Deborah Cranick, which is actually a pretty good film. I like it a lot. I watched The Holdovers. That's fantastic. Oh, I still haven't seen it. Yeah. All I've seen is the Paul Giamatti picture of him in In-N-Out Burger with his golden glow. Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> no, it's really good. Um, I do think it's kind of... Uh, it's not particularly like anything i haven't seen before it, I, I don't know it didn't feel like fresh to me particularly but it's it's mm. and maybe it took me a while to get into it not i mean i was always in a little bit but it's good it's it's really good i do need to watch it i watched greg wallace the british the <laughs> british miracle meat um which is wow like, it's like a, a hoax tv special about um human meat it, it's very funny it's very clever what stuff. what what it's just a straight comedy bit well it's like it pretends to be like a real documentary um okay but about like the cost of living crisis people are like donating their flesh oh and God. it's like and anytime they're like yeah but does it hurt like the doctors are like oh it's pain subjective and, and it would just get more and more crazy until they start like eat, doing like children that's that seems very appropriate in today's climate it's that's really very... good like satire and it's it's just really funny too like it feel it, the way it's shot is like exactly like a real like british documentary yeah. like by greg wallace it's it's great i watched are you there god it's me margaret brilliant loved it um, well i remember seeing big posters for that and us laughing at it because it looked looked dumb it's actually good no it's actually good well we were gonna watch it in the cinema together but then we watched the little mermaid yeah. instead because i think there wasn't yeah, a screening what, of it. what a regret yeah it's better than the little mermaid i liked it does she find god uh she does I watched Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. It's one of the and you loved that. most boring and unoriginal films I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It's just... Have you seen Star Wars? Uh, episode 4, um, New Hope, mainly. Seen that? Uh, no, but carry on. Oh, well, watch Rebel Moon then, because it's exactly the same okay, film. Okay, it's Will just, I be blown away at how original it is? You'll be blown away by it. I mean, the visuals wow. are stunning. Like, you know, like, when you move, like, the speed you move in, like... Yes, yes. Zack Snyder, like, thinks outside the box, and he does it like that, but slower so you can see like even you're more of joking time. so he, you are joking so like if there's an action scene like someone is like getting punched or something and then it will be like that but it's like like 10 times mm. as long which see, means that sounds better. really unique it sounds really unique and interesting yeah and it sounds like he would use that very sparingly to make it the most effective no but here's um, the thing moment. he does it all yeah. the time which wow. is so sick and, that's um, really sick and I, I just think it's so clever how um you know he didn't waste his time writing a new script he just 
took Star Wars and then he crossed out some of the names and then he put new <laughs> names in. And I thought that was like... More just, boring names. Yeah, more boring names. Yeah, yeah. Like the Empire, he just crossed out and wrote the Mother World. That's, wow. that's a good name, that. That's great. So, that's great. I mean, Star Wars is pretty I hate old. Mothers. 77. I mean, you know, you need it updated for modern day. So yeah, he just you did do. Star Wars. So I'm looking forward to part two coming out in like February or something. Eileen is not great. It's okay. Uh, May, December is really good. I would recommend that. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Have you seen that? Oh, I haven't. It's fantastic. Oh, I really want to watch. watch it. It's really good. You'll have um, PIMP stuck in your head. I watched The Towering Inferno. That was really good. I love that a lot. 1974 film about people stuck in a skyscraper on fire. Because my mum loves those sorts of Ooh. films. She loves a disaster. Oh. oh. Um, I watched Howl's Moving Castle. Really good. Um Ooh, Yeah. I love the, like, I just love it. I'm sure we'll talk about the turnip man? later. Turnip Man? Uh, he was one of the weaker parts. He was all right. He did the job. I watched <laughs> Yesterday. It was absolutely shit. I rewatched Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse, that is fantastic. I watched mm. The Shawshank Redemption for the first time. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, you did. What a masterpiece that is. What? Yeah, great. What about when he's covered in poo at the end? Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I love how they just ended on such a silly note. It was so, yeah, it's, because it's, people are obviously said a lot like this is the greatest film ever made mm. and i'd be like okay well i i'm sure it's good but i watched it i was like this yeah, is genuinely on, an absolute masterpiece mm. i gave it five stars 10 out of 10 can um, you believe it was a flop when it came out i know the, the reviews were like mixed to positive yeah how can you watch yeah. that and not think like this is incredible it was only because it was then it didn't do very well and so it was shown a lot on tv mm. that people then started watching it going wait a second What's yeah. going on here? And famously hated by uh, Stephen King as well. Well, Stephen King hates every good adaptation of his work. <laughs> I do want to watch his like TV version of The Shining at some point. It's just the fact that it's about four times the length of The Good Shining. What, you mean uh, Ready Player One? Oh, yeah. I've watched two more films. I'll speed through them. The Great Escaper, Michael Caine's last film role. Aww. It's a story about... It's a true story um, about a 89-year-old man, I think, who... Uh, escaped from his old people's home to go to Normandy for a D-Day. Um, uh, what was it, 70th anniversary thing? And he just got on the news because I think they told him, like, no, you can't go, you're not well enough, you have to go with everyone you didn't sign up in time or something. And he just was like, right, I'm just going to get on a bus and then get on a ferry and go Fair there play. anyway. yeah. So it's a lovely story for a 20 minute short most but they just have to add in loads just pad it out with like other stuff yeah. that is just not relevant and not as good so it's, it's yeah. okay Ta taking a news story and turning it into a feature yeah and also that same year they made another film where Pierce Brosnan played that part like about the same story but they, oh. but they, I think they changed the name. They set it in Northern Ireland. But yeah, they, um, that was a bit weird. Is that you rounded up? I've got one more. Bo's Afraid. Oh. Didn't like it very much. Oh, you finally watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I, I thought I liked. Obviously, I could see a lot of artistry in in it, mm. and there was like moments that I liked, especially like nearer the start. Um, oh, the first first part is just creating so good. this world of like flat. just a stressful environment of and hell, everyone yeah. is yeah, like literally hell. That was really excellent. And then I just felt like it just went on and on and on and on. And I think for a three-hour movie mm. like that, I need to be... Especially when it's about like a guy just getting traumatised. I need to really yeah. connect with him as a character when I just didn't care about Bo at all. Like He was annoying more than mm. anything. Like He just he could talk his way out of any situation. And he said he'd just be like... And it's yeah, like, oh, just yeah. grow up. For me, it was... I, I don't mind the approach to story, the, like the snapshot... Of stories. It was quite. Like, a I don't mind that. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's like a road trip film, isn't it? Yeah. Where where you go from scenario to scenario and eventually get to where you'll go in, and and it all kind of folds into itself. But um, they they felt so detached that it builds up in this first segment, and then he uh, does he go to the house next, the family? Yeah, he does with Pat. And then uh, what's like, his name? Not not Pat Oswald. No, it's not, it's not him. Yeah. Um, um. But then it just it just like stops grounds to a halt and then Nathan that bit Lane. builds up again yes and then that bit ends and then it stops and then grounds to a halt yeah and then does it again like it, there's no upkeep of, of momentum throughout no it, in that case just release it as like short films if you want yeah. if that's what you want to do I could see then, that bit, then do that it quite well. and then like the ending is so it just tries to do like twist 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 and it's like I don't Ooh. care like this is just so you lose any sense of reality to it any like yeah. stakes I don't yeah. get it. some people. What about the Big Willy? 
See, I heard loads about that, and I thought it'd be much better than it was. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's actually yeah. quite rubbish. Um, it's like Enemy, but worse, isn't it? That twist at the end. Is that the one with the giant spider? But it's not really. Yeah. yeah I have seen that one. Oh, I didn't really think much of that. But yeah, no, I, some people have been giving it like five stars. And it's like, I was just watching mm, it. Like, yeah, this is no. definitely Ari Aster's worst film. Like, without mm. a doubt, it's his worst one. I was really losing interest so much for, th- for three mm. hours overindulgent yeah absolutely unfortunately yeah and um, he thinks it's his best film but he's wrong yeah have you, have you heard the interviews where he's like if you if you don't like this film you just don't get it there's yeah. so much that you haven't unpacked i completely get what he was going for i just didn't yeah. like it i got it mm. trust me i just didn't it just, i just didn't really click with it Let, do you want to round up like two weeks of movies i'll round up because i've been working i haven't seen anything uh, i've got five films i get in from work and i've been going to bed at 8 p.m and getting up at like 4 a.m. Uh, so I've had not, no time to do anything except work. I feel like a cog in the machine. But hey-ho, I watched Mean Girls for maybe the first time. I will watch it before the new one comes out. I'm excited. Did you like it? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was very It was very 2004. But I love but, that. Um, yeah. I get, really I get why it's so iconic. Yeah, great. It was. I prefer Heathers. Uh, I think it's just Heathers, but not as good. I haven't seen Heathers, but, but I heard the musical is very, very good. Whereas the Mean Girls musical I've heard is quite good. I've heard the other way around. I've oh, seen wow. Heathers musical and likes it, okay. but the Mean Girls musical isn't very good. Oh. Well, we'll see when it comes out. I'm sure in about two yeah. episodes time we'll be doing it. But yeah, very good. Very iconic. Very quotable, but doesn't have a young Christian Slater uh, looking pretty hot, okay. um, which is uh, loses a star for me. Um, I started Spirited, the Will Ferrell, uh, Ryan... Uh, What's his name? Ryan Reynolds yeah. Christmas film uh, and stopped after 10 minutes. That's understandable. Uh, and then I put on Scrooged instead, the oh, Bill okay. Murray Christmas film. And that was pretty good. Was it good? Uh, I like that. Uh, I watched Paddington 2. We talked about it. Five stars. Uh, I watched Letter to Brezhnev. Don't um, know that one. I was round my friend's flat for Christmas and they had a selection of VHS tapes and one of them was Letter to Brezhnev and I saw that Alfred Molina was in it. Okay. So we watched it. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I thought it was quite boring. Okay. But according to their mum, when this film came out in 85, you never really had female leads who were horny. Okay. Uh, and this is very groundbreaking because they are very horny. Nice. So if you're looking for that, great. Go and watch it. That's what uh, I looked and for then I watched... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then I watched The Boy and the Heron. Oh, boy. Ooh. I've seen that too. Is that everything then? That's it. That's oh, wow. literally me. No, that's for the best though because I, have... I watched a million things. <laughs> so... Let's start by looking at Godzilla Minus One, the 33rd Japanese uh, Godzilla film produced and distributed by Toho, would you believe? And the 37th in total. Wow, what a lot of Godzilla films. Wow, we. Wowza. My first, though. Not Bowser. Your first? No, Godzilla. Yeah. I know they look Sorry, similar. Sorry, yeah, Godzilla, yeah. What was the plot, Matt, as for your first Godzilla film? The plot of this film that I watched 15 days ago, but I seem to remember the plot is, in the Second World War... You know, Japan, Japanese, you know, they had the, the kamikaze pilots. They were like suicide pilots, right? Yeah. This guy that. is meant to be one of them. He pretends he, he's got a fault in his plane so he can land on an, a small island, which is where they have like plane repairs so that he could like basically not have to suicide himself. Anyway, he's there. Oh, my God. Who shows up? But Godzilla. <laughs> you know, you know, Godzilla from legendary from Godzilla from Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, he shows up. He wreaks havoc. Kamikaze guy survives. Um, goes back to Tokyo after the war's ended now, so he survived it. Goes back to Tokyo. Everyone is dead. He has a bit of survivor's guilt. Like his family are dead. There's like it's just like slums. Like there's like one woman like his next door neighbor's alive. Some random girl with a baby is alive, but the baby's not hers. And he sort of st- starts a a sort of like um, a family with the girl and the baby. Uh, just basically out of. We've all got no one. Let's yeah, just look after it. a little situational family. Situational family. And then wouldn't you know it, Godzilla comes back. Oh, don't. And it just sort of goes on from there. What did you think to Godzilla Minus One? I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Mm. I loved it. I'm very interested to hear about your thoughts on this, with it being your first Godzilla. Not You haven't mm. even seen Godzilla Plus One. You haven't seen Godzilla Not, One. No, no, haven't seen Minus Two. Haven't watched um, yeah, haven't any Square. Square Root of Godzilla. Yeah. I think I, what I did love, it's talking about like Godzilla himself, the monster. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's start with um, the big man. So I've never seen the Gareth Edwards one, but from what I'm aware, he's got very little screen time. They yes. they very much do like a Jaws type thing. You yes. hear a lot about his reputation and you see in darkness, you might see like a bit of his body. He's got a few minutes of screen time and that's it. 
big big um, scale that's what gareth edwards does that's what he does very yeah. well in in rogue one in um what was that other film that you really liked that he did oh the creator yeah 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 oh, uh, yeah, my yeah he does scale very well and that's that's kind of one of the big standouts from the 2014 one he does but so that seems to be like yeah jaws type thing so like it's more effective if we just see as little as possible and like a horror movie type thing so yeah. it's often said you know you have a lot of darkness in horror films because it just it's just such an easy way of getting scares out of people because they imagine what's there and mm. that is scarier than what you can actually see and so it's just easier from, from a directing point of view because if you show everything clearly then it's really really hard to make that feel like a threat and make you know make it effective um then that's why films like midsummer by ariaster are so effective because uh, it shows that he's a, it shows he's a great director because there's no darkness it's all broad daylight and it's terrifying and i think this all just also this also shows um just great direction because every time you see godzilla four times in the movie for quite extended periods the first time is in darkness but you can see him full body clearly terrifying the, time, the first time daylight. he shows up oh yeah. boy i don't when i first saw him i thought like oh he's smaller than i thought he'd be but from it seemed to me like he had because it's set a couple of years later when you next see him he seemed a lot bigger yeah i think he he grows throughout yeah he seemed very small yeah but yeah so you see him so clearly throughout the whole thing and he's such a threat and he really is like like scary and like Mm. you feel such danger from him and yeah that's just testament to just how well he's he's directed and how well he's designed because like i know that the um director was one of the visual effects supervisors um, so this is uh, Takashi Yamazaki was the director. Yeah, I know he modelled Godzilla. Um, well, he didn't. He didn't finish. Like he was finished off, but he said like by someone more talented than me. But he like came up <laughs> with a design, and I thought it was a great design. I loved it. The CGI was great. It's nominated for, um, I think, shortlisted for best visual effects at the Oscars. Well deserved. Um, I thought he always felt like tangible. He felt like I think he looked like a model almost. You could have on your shelf like the texture of him. Like he felt like. A real thing and his face i thought was perfect how it was like it was like sort of expressionless in that it was like dead behind the eyes but it looked like a creature and it looked like evil in a way it, mm. i think it almost had like the face of sort of like a chinese dragon type thing like it sort of big eyes and like a, a big mouth but like yeah not really moving but feeling like a, a living thing like an animal it felt like i don't know it was it's so, uh, just uh, just so good the production of godzilla was so good what did you yeah, think? it was great. I I loved it. So what I loved most about the film was with the original Godzilla being a way for Japanese filmmakers and artists to get around the um, enforced propaganda put on them by the Americans after the war. Oh, okay. That yeah. That they weren't allowed to do any art or talk of the nuclear yeah. bombs that that fell. So Godzilla was a way to express feelings around that and uh, create. A character that embodies these feelings um, yeah Godzilla so coming in and, and tearing through that's why he's got like this nuclear breath and that's why he's he's awoken by a bomb going out in the sea i mean um, I, is... I, I i knew that he was yeah metaphor for like the other yeah, the nuclear bombs but i didn't know that it was like um yeah because they had to do that yeah um rather than just because they wanted to make a monster movie that was a metaphor of that that's very yeah. interesting it's so they couldn't build up like hatred towards America after everything yeah. happened. Um, so it's like if you Which don't talk about it, strange considering like one of the next films they did was like Godzilla and Kong and oh, I know. Uh, like I know. and then they did like an Americanized version of it in that. Um, and you haven't seen the first Godzilla, but uh, I haven't seen any of them. It's no. it's great. It's so good. I, I um, tried to watch the first Godzilla. I couldn't find it anywhere. I know it's one of those films that should be buried. It's like, really I sad. literally I couldn't even like pirate it. I couldn't find it mm. anywhere. Which is so strange, considering it's so famous. Yeah. Um, but it's it's great. You don't see Godzilla a lot. It's a lot about character, and it's a lot about building on that metaphor of how it has affected the Japanese people, and really delving deep into that with the aim of killing Godzilla. Like, yeah. That's, that's the arc. Um, but since then, you've, you've kind of lost that. He's now a protector of Japan. He saved Japan from other monsters. He's yeah. been taken by America and uh, american godzilla is his own thing now and he's even more um commercialized than the japanese one so it's it's nice to see a take on the original godzilla that still yeah. has something to say he's not just um, a big monster who's 
it's cool seeing him yeah. destroy cities. Like he's there's a reason for him. There's a yeah yeah that that is good. With with themes throughout this that I think we'll talk more in uh, spoilers, but I think it was such an interesting spin on the first one, uh, and it, it like you said, it does it so well. The yeah. all the human characters are so interesting. They're unique. You're invested in what they're doing. Yeah. Um. I think if if Godzilla wasn't in the film, if it was just a drama about yeah. a kamikaze pilot who survived and him trying to regain his life sort of after the war mm. it would still be a fantastic film yeah it's it's great Which, for these sorts of movies um it's like the transformers movies like you kind of have transformers in every scene it's too expensive like you need <laughs> you need a human you need humans uh and often they're like the worst part of the movie or like you know they're, they're, ob- they're you know you've got an obligation to have them but they're not necessarily that good like the human side of this was so good so, so interesting strong. And I'm sure you've seen that it was supposedly made on a $15 million budget, um, but this has been disputed and confirmed and who knows, but you, you look it up and it's still 15 million. But it's definitely million. not like anywhere near as much as you sort of no. think no, it no, would no. be from looking at it. No. To date, uh, it's grossed 94 million worldwide and is the most successful Japanese Godzilla film of all time. Uh, one of the most successful Japanese films in America of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's well deserved. I'm very surprised that you know the um, best international feature at the Oscars. Yeah, countries like submit their own film and they can only submit one. Um, oh, I'm very surprised that Japan didn't put forward either Godzilla minus one or The Boy and the Heron because either of them would have probably stood a chance of winning. What did they submit? Oh God, I can't remember. I'd have to look that up. Let me have a look. Um, but it's one that I've never heard of. Now that might be a better film. I'm sure it's a masterpiece, but. It's just it's an it's such like an American bias awards thing that you think they'd put forward a film that like American audiences might have seen. It's the same with like France yeah. didn't put Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall would have won. Like I don't know why they didn't pick it. It won the Palm d'Or. People have seen it in in like the US and UK. It would have won. Just I don't know why they didn't submit it. Um, Japan submitted Perfect Days. Okay. I haven't seen I've it. Never it's heard of it. A co-production between Japan and Germany. The film combines four short stories. Okay. Uh, okay. Great. I haven't seen it. I mean, it. I normally, if it gets like um, nominated, like I normally watch the five nominations. It just, yeah. I don't know, that just seemed like a very strange choice to me from both Japan and France's part to like not pick the ones which were really big in, in like America. Yeah. Oh, the UK submitted Zone of Interest. Went. We did, yeah. I, I wish I could see it. I wish it was out. I wish it was out. Yeah, I know. I would I would very much like to talk about spoilers. Let's Is do there anything then. else you'd like to talk about? No, I don't think so. No. Other than go and see it. If you haven't seen it, go, go and see it. it. Yeah, I've heard it's so... Well, I, it's really good. I've heard Shin Godzilla's very good too. That was like another one for I've heard that as well. Japanese I haven't one. seen it. Yeah. But I've heard that as well. I think that's I think more that's, of a monster movie than a... This kind of I, I think it's still got like a lot of social commentary, but I think I believe it's about like big corporations and stuff, mm. like big capitalist business. I think in in that one they they're able to salvage a single piece of Godzilla, um, and they they then make like a a big attraction around it. Okay. I can't I can't exactly remember which part of Godzilla they salvage. Are you doing a silly joke here? Is this just no? a bit of shenanigans? Are you no? Are you taking me for a fool can you remember can you think of which part of godzilla they salvaged in that film that you just mentioned is it his shin it is i think it is <laughs> <laughs> on to spoilers what a lovely way of turning the godzilla story and refocusing it on on life and learning to live and yeah. and surviving and moving on what a lovely arc that the main character goes through and and it's so well done that like you it really does convince you like uh, in the final act I was like oh god he is going to kamikaze himself and yeah. it's like yeah. I'm not sure this is a great thing to um, be promoting but at the same time that also felt like part of his finishing his arc and it, it, it meant that I sort of didn't know how it was going to go yeah. because I both wanted his arc to end with him regaining the honour I guess of um, finally saving people by kamikaze piloting and also like oh but he's there for his family and the fact they so successfully do kind of both things i love films that have characters coming up with a really clever plan and Mm. then really satisfyingly watching them execute it yeah like i love the great escape and like just stuff like that is so i just love that stuff so much 
And it was a clever, unique way of killing Godzilla in this as well. It was. What, what, what did they do? They like, oh god, it's been two weeks. They um tied some like buoyancy things around him on like yeah. big cables that were like, attached to ships. They like drove around him in a circle and tightened it, and then they. I can't remember how they did it, but it like pulled him really, really far down below the sea, with with like, like the aims of crushing him through pressure, through pressure, really? and then yeah. they brought him back. And then that was like Plan A if they would kill him, but they kind of thought it wouldn't. And we knew of the audience like, well, yeah. if they got a Plan B, they're going to get to the Plan B, and it yanked up to the surface to like basically kill him from giving him the bends. Yeah, and it's you know you think like on paper like okay so drowning and giving the bends to Godzilla is like <laughs> I don't know if that's a very like cinematic way of killing him but it was it was because it was such a real way that they you could yeah. kill a giant monster like that and all the characters took it so seriously and every every character had like a di- different role in the plan it was just so so satisfying to watch so great I had and when they're like the theme the like original movie like oh, theme tune kicked yeah. in when he's I going just through had, the, the city and oh yeah. god I had what a chills great down my spine I had a big oh. it was when when they were in the boat like doing driving around him in a circle it's like that original theme play yeah. like, I had the biggest smile on my face so good and then when he starts to regenerate and you're like oh, oh god yeah, here we because go because we'd seen earlier in the film the effects of his like atomic breath like and it's just so yeah. well shot like I, I what i love is when it like blasts everyone away and then like because of the pressure like of the um like the vacuum it, like, everyone almost. like gets thrown back again yeah like yeah. the other way so good yeah the the and city so stuff that was in the great final act, um oh him God, like tearing through brilliant. grabbing the train and all that stuff i'm probably wrong because i haven't seen all of them but i thought it was it was a nice way to like fight godzilla at the end in the sea because usually yeah. you would kind of think of him going through the city and then loads of tanks firing at him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having to think of a way to, to use boats, that's quite a novel scenario. I don't know what the minus one in the title's about, though. I, I'll tell you. Oh. So, um, well, I might have this wrong. This is like from what I Googled two weeks ago. Okay. But I believe in like Japanese culture, they have like a, a concept of like, they, they associate like the like zero with how Japan was post Second World War, how everything was its lowest point, like economically destroyed, like their cities were destroyed, like um, people were dead. It was like their lowest point mm. almost. So they, they have like their concept of like zero associated with that. And so this okay. is like that and then Godzilla shows up. It's like <laughs> it, even worse. That's from my understanding, that's what it means. When I first heard it, I assumed that would mean it's like a, a prequel to the original film. Yeah. But it's not because Godzilla dies at the end. But does he? But, but well, that's the thing. They do have like a in typical like monster movie genre. Like you know, there's always like the you see an egg that hatches or something. Yeah. Like there's you see a bit. I couldn't really tell what it is, but there's like part of him seems to regenerate. Mm. Possibly. It looked like there was almost like an inflating like sack on him. Like yeah. It was, like something a baby was coming, coming back. out. Something was going. Something was going on. And then the girlfriend wife character has like got some radiation poisoning or something which is a bit peak because it basically means that yeah. all the characters are going to die within a few years <laughs> I, I, I kind of liked it having a really happy ending with it being a japanese production um and not being japanese something that always flags up especially when you've got like um you think of squid game yeah as as a, Korean, you're a, racist. A, an english speaker and you yeah. see all the performance performances from the the korean actors you're like wow they're great they're really good yeah. And then you get English speakers in there being directed by non-English speakers and they are the worst performances you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, that, yeah, I completely um, agree with that. Extrapolating that to this, being a non-Japanese speaker and seeing the performances uh, with subtitles, very... They are so over the top. Although it's all very serious, they are like heightened... Yeah. Like when when the main character like falls to his knees and screams and like that you, kind of yeah you always get really, that from Asian things yeah really it's expressionate like, it's like watching the comparison between like the uh, Korean old boy and the American old boy like at the end when the character the main character like is revealed like what's happened mm. to like in the Korean one like he's on his knees he's begging he's screaming he's crying he got stuck down his tongue, nose and, he's, yeah. yeah he's like just gone crazy in every way and it's just such a like a, a electric performance it's fantastic and then you watch like um josh brolin uh, josh brolin doing it and no he just, please don't he d- please he don't like, do it 
he like squats, but he doesn't even fall to his knees. Like he, he just is like, uh, and he just stands still, <laughs> and it, it's just terrible. Um, yeah, I, I really love how they really go all out with emotions in. Yeah, that for me, that's the only bit that was like, mm, I, I, I like how Godzilla is very silly. Godzilla is inherently very silly. So it would have been nice if everything was completely straight. Like yeah, it's, film, it's never it humorous, but I don't know, I th- if the performances were a bit a bit um, more straight for me, in I my think they personal were that bad. No, I, I don't know. I thought they were pretty serious. They just they the characters got emotional, but the the I mean the main guy would do. I mean he was like very like PTSD, mm. very just traumatized by the whole thing. I don't know. I, I thought it was it was very good. I thought all, all the performances were great. Uh, I liked what, the... what I loved about like being a, a new like a remake sort of it would sort of set up Godzilla a bit again and the characters would like hear about him a bit and they'd be like oh I don't believe you about this giant yeah, head. like yeah. it would do that big old build up but no it was literally like oh Godzilla's here right away yeah. every character's like oh yeah this is Godzilla and they're like what <laughs> yeah. okay yeah I think like, the villagers called him Godzilla oh okay yeah. I love how there was no wasting time on that because it's the 37th Godzilla film. People yeah. are like, yeah, we know who Godzilla is. Let's yeah. just get straight to it. It's like seeing uh, Batman's parents die again. Like, yeah, yeah. we know. Okay. I liked in Spider-Man Homecoming where they were like, yeah, you, you know his origin. Yeah. Let's just start with the Spider-Man film. The only version of, of that kind of retelling that I really liked is probably from Batman versus Superman. I don't know if hmm. you've seen that one. Um, I've because, seen that one, yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know if you remember... Batman's parents get killed, but it's all in slow motion. Well, that's good because um, otherwise I might have missed it. Yeah, I don't know who directed that one, um, but it was such a unique and novel way of doing it that I was like, it "That's was great." So it maybe clever, if they yeah. did, if they revealed Godzilla in slow motion in this, it would have worked. I would have noticed it a bit more. Just, just an idea. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to talk about. Godzilla minus one. Have you got any I other things? So. I just think it's it's fantastic. Fantastic. It's really, it's really great. Um, every part of the film's fantastic. I'd love to see it again. The action's great. It's so great. Sound design, he's su- great. He's such a presence. Um, yep. Score, and, uh, lovely. I, it seems like, if we're comparing it to like Gareth Edwards' one, from my understanding, well, all these like Monsterverse ones, my understanding is Godzilla feels like such a threat because he, all of the powers of like the US military can't stop him. Yeah. Whereas in this, he feels like a threat because they have nothing and he's he's so powerful. And they it's have... down to the people, to like the veterans of the war to try and yeah. figure it out because the government Just don't give a shit. The remnants that are left. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I love that as like two different ways of showing how powerful he is. Um, either with, we've got all our forces and there's nothing or he's so powerful and we have nothing yeah. and we have to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, go and see it. If you haven't seen a Godzilla film, it. it's a great place to start. If it's still um, in the cinema, watch it, but I don't know if it will be. If it's not playing, go to your local Odeon and, and ask to see the manager and say that you must see it at the cinema right this second. Mm. Um, and if you don't, you shall scream. And then I he has to do it. He legally has to do it. It's within his yeah, contract. Yeah. What did you if rate you Godzilla minus one? I rated it four and a half stars. Ooh, very cheeky. Um, I also rated it four and a half. Well done, Godzilla. Um, well done. You delivered a fantastic film right. there. That was Godzilla very good. One. Thank you. Would you like to tell the people at home a little summary of the boy and the heron? Get this. Yep. World War Two. It's it's on. It's on again. It's on. Yes. Yeah. Right now. I've just had enough of Japanese <laughs> World War Two. Well, You're telling me there's get ready for film a, out about a second it. helping. This isn't Godzilla. I don't know if my heart can take this. This is the boy and the heron. World War Two's happening, uh, and we follow Mahito, uh, Japanese youth from Tokyo. Um, yeah. who is suffering with uh, trauma following his mother's death uh, in a burning hospital. Uh, he is then sent from his home in Tokyo to live with his dad, played by Christian Bale, and his new mum, who is also his auntie, which was a bit confusing, but we get to that. He tries to settle in, but starts getting harassed by a heron uh, and then follows the heron into this magical mystery realm and things start to pick up from there and oh boy do they pick up things certainly happen from start to finish <laughs> and they simply won't stop <laughs> what did you think of it i liked it i thought you might i'm i'm a big fan of of ghibli bits uh, as you know um i'm a big fan of the vibes yeah uh, which if you don't like the vibes you will not like this film I think you've just described me. 90% of this film was the vibes. It was... Shut up, right. I will come clean. I watched the film in the cinema. I fell asleep in the middle. 
So oh my about, god! But I kept dipping in and out. But I think I I I don't know how long. I'm saying probably about ten minutes. I'm not entirely sure what was happening. But also, it was such a like a nonsense film anyway. It's just random shit happens that I'm not sure that if it really made much difference. <laughs> what could I liken it to? Um, Spirited away. Yes, yes, Spirited Away, where you follow a, a child who goes well, into this world, a fish out of water. Well, get this, get this, yeah, how this film right, starts, because okay. this is new territory for Studio Ghibli. Okay. It starts, get this, with a kid and yeah. his dad, because yeah. the mother, you know, not around anymore. Yeah. Um, they're moving house, right? They're in a yeah. car, they come, to the, they're moving to the countryside, yeah? He goes to the countryside, guess what happens to him? Weird shit. <laughs> Mental, you never get it. That's every Ghibli film you've just described. <laughs> um, uh, I've seen four Ghibli films. That's how three of them start. <laughs> I, I, they could have just cut that bit. Like Godzilla, like we just immediately, they just uh, know in Godzilla minus one, like, uh, oh, the audience knows who that is. We've done that before. Like, great. We just, let's just get straight into Godzilla. This, they should have just been like, he's in the house. Weird shit starting. We know the, we know the score. <laughs> he's in. He's moved there from the past. It's fine. Cut the first ten minutes. <laughs> we know, we know that happened because it's a Ghibli film. I mean, we've we've just described it. That is the story. Essentially, he moves to the countryside, and then and then stuff happens to him. It's all very metaphorical. Uh, the composer for every Miyazaki feature since 1984, uh, Joe Hisaishi, uh, which is probably not how you pronounce it. Uh, so please tell me below how I mispronounced it. Um, has said that. This is a feel. This is a movie that you have to feel and not search for meaning in. Yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, I talked briefly when I talked about Bo's Afraid about sorts of movies where it's not really conventional structure. It's just they they go from A to B, encountering the strangest things you've ever seen. Um, if I'm honest, these aren't really my sorts of films. Controversially, because everyone thinks it's the best film I've made, I don't really like Spirited Away very much. Um, and that's oh. because because I think it, it reminded me of when I have like nightmares, which I get is the point. But I do dream stuff like that. I feel like my my dreams are very. Do you know what my dream was um, last two nights ago? So okay. I so Graham Linehan, creator of Father Ted <laughs> and the IT Crowd, had famous transfer has opened a theme park, and he was letting me onto a ride that was like. It was like a mixture between double, like a triple decker bus and a house, and it shook. And he was letting me on it, and he was like a triple decker bus, and, and a, like the night bus, but it was like bigger, and it was oh, yeah. it didn't have wheels. It was like a house, but it looked a bit like a bus. Anyway, um, he was letting me on it, and he was like, um, "Oh, I'm just so happy that so many young people um, know that that you're born the sex that you are." <laughs> you know, it was just the same oh, shit. And I was God. like, "Oh, I'm just sort of here for the rides, mate." And then I was like on the shaky house ride, and he was just like calling me a cuck. See that is a strange <laughs> that's a strange dream for someone. Yeah. That is a strange dream. And then the night dream. before that, I was in an airport and they arrested me for being a terrorist. And I wasn't a terrorist. I was just talking about bombs <laughs> or something. And then they wouldn't let me on the flight. Great. And then like suddenly they're interrogating me in the middle of the desert in Africa. And that doesn't make sense. Why was that my dream? And so I I feel like Spirited Away and this too are the sorts of things that I dream. And it's like I quite like confi- I quite like waking up from them and being like, Well that wasn't real. Whereas this is like I've been forced to Live through it. Okay, that, that's something right, that let's, only let's, is relatable to me. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think let's let's go into spoilers. I think we've. I, I want to break this down from start to finish. I, I want to okay, like really look into it. Um, I would recommend seeing the boy in the heron. I think it's gorgeous. There's not to I say that there aren't bits that I think are very good. I think I, I watched the um the English voice acting. So did I. That was, it was the only very one good. Um, it was very good. I thought um. Robert Pattinson is is a a really good voice actor. Like, first yes. of all, you, it doesn't sound anything like him. You wouldn't <clears throat> know it was him. But like, yeah, he he acts like a voice actor. It's not like Christian Bale. I I've seen in Howl's Moving Castle as well. He plays Howl. I don't think he's a very good voice actor. I don't think in either of these films he was particularly good. But Robert Pattinson, oh my god, he's great. Great. And and there's the the story of him turning up to the recording session with like an impression on his iPhone. And then he played it to the director, and the director was like, "Yeah, okay." And then did all of his lines in two days. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that. Like fair play. Yeah. So, 
let's start with pre crazy world we've got uh what, what's the boy called again uh mojito we've got mojito is that right i remember it was the name of a cocktail um so is it that or bloody mary i think he's called mojito so mojito is running through uh tokyo world war Two, fire the the animation style change from very rigid outlined cells i guess mm. to like that weird that weird flowy every frame was redrawn yeah it was like all melding together great like what what a sense of uh discomfort and not really being able to recognize what's around him yeah and then he reaches the hospital um and it's completely gone and that kind of leads him into why he goes into this world mm. he then gets to the countryside and gets gets bullied a bit doesn't he by that heron uh, and the heron kind of tempts him with seeing his mum again uh, and he has that longing to say goodbye uh, that he didn't get and he dreams of her and he dreams of fire he dreams of everything going up in in a blaze and and seeing his mum again um we've got some interesting characterization of mojito at the start what the bit where he smashes his head with a rock yeah that was i was he, not expecting he, that goes in and outcast um and then you you kind of see it's it's dialogueless from afar he gets pushed by a kid yeah and then he ends up just jumping on the boy it seems to be he gets into a fight so wasn't it like so he his dad was because his dad's like rich he runs like a factory very there. rich so yeah. he's like oh i'm gonna make you cool immediately by pulling you into to school in a nice car and he said they just bully him yeah <laughs> poor me um yeah, and then he does his head in with a rock yeah. and just obsessive like amounts of blood. I like the most blood in, in this out of yeah. any Ghibli film I've seen. Like, there's also um, the Willem Dafoe... What bird was he? Uh, Pelican. Pelican, yeah. At the, like, mm. that was dying, like, yeah. in Florence Pugh's garden. Like, he was very bloody too. Yeah, so that's interesting. What does that tell us about Mojito? He's a liar. He... I'm going to uh, throw a theory at you. What if... Go on. He bashed his head in with that rock. Oh and that's God. why he's seeing weird shit. Oh my god, you should write for IGN. All, it was all a dream. It was all in his head. That'd be great. It's great. Wow. He's just gone mad. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he lies to his dad about it. And his dad kind of goes off the rails. Doesn't want to go to school. Um, his dad goes in and causes a, a big hoo-ha with this incident of his head being done in. Uh, and that's when he starts seeing the heron. Yeah. At first, it's just kind of floating around, coming up to the window. Um, lovely, lovely sequence of when the heron's on the roof oh my god when he's laying in bed and you've just got the build of of him looking up hearing the noise and then you get the the feet on the roof yeah oh wow um and the heron talks to him in my favorite sequence of the film where he goes out to the pond yeah and the heron's like you're you're the long-awaited one if you want to come and see your mum again Go to that building. I thought that, that, yeah, I found that like so horrible. Like when you see his like eyes, like you big. see like his nose but I remember and his real see, mouth. Yeah, and the you see like and... slightly more and more. Like you see teeth yeah, first, big teeth, and then you yeah. see his eyes, and then you see like a big nose underneath the bill. That was like a really creepy um, image. I thought it's horrible. And, and the fish talking to him. I love the fish and, and the, the frogs, frogs calling jump on him. all over him. Yeah, bro. If the fish were talking to me and the frogs were like, "Come and join our realm," I'm gone. I would I'm love to going to the, the world frog, of talking frog frogs. Realm. I'd, I want to live in the parakeet <laughs> realm. That was sick. <laughs> um, so he's he's then warned, isn't he, that uh, don't go into this realm. Uh, your mum, when she lived here when, when she was younger, went there and vanished for a year and then came back. Yeah. So you're like, as an audience member, I know who he's going to see in there then. Any young girl is going to be his mum. Yeah. Uh, he goes in there. Wait, and... she was his mum? Are you, is that a joke? No, that was a just a face? funny little okay. bit. I knew that, I okay. knew that she was. <laughs> I was like, that that sounded quite serious, but your well, face I tells did, me it's not. I did fall asleep at one point, but it was slightly later. I had watched this bit. <laughs> uh, so he goes in to this realm with the heron, uh, and you see a mysterious man who's Mark Camel in the English one. Oh, did he show up this early? Because I was probably gone by that point. He, yeah, uh, at a distance and tells the heron to be the boy's guide. Okay. Because um, I so I first because I dri I first drifted off when they went into like the heron's house. I basically I woke up and he was just a man with a big nose. I was like, oh, he's taking the costume okay. off. So I missed that. 
But oh, I, you I missed the fight with Aaron. I saw some of a bit where they're inside a house and there was like a chest, I think, in a big round room. But I, most mm. of that I was gone for. Okay. Um, so he's trapped in this world with Florence Pugh. Yes, plays, uh, I missed Kiriko. their meeting. So I woke up when like a graveyard was burning and they're like, Mojito, you just burned that graveyard. I think that was what was happening. And then Florence <laughs> Pugh was there. I was like, well, who's she? What, when she's on the boat? Yeah, I, I watched them like leaving yeah. on the boat. Yeah, so she he, he goes into this world with uh, Kiriko, who's one of the housekeepers, uh, and then she shows up again in this story as a younger version of herself in mm. this like weird world. And there are like pelicans about. Uh, oh, wait, so, and... so Florence Pugh is one of the housekeepers. That's why there's the statue of her. Yes. So they're the same character. Got it. Same character. Cool. Um, and then it just it just kind of happens. He goes from place to place. Uh, I wish there was more of the heron. I wish he shows up more. Well, you never really um, see him as a heron again, really. No. Right at the end, he puts the costume back yeah. on. But he's mostly just a, a short man with a big nose. But um, yeah, you then you spend some time with Kiriko and in her world, and you see these like little balloon men who go up. They and look like the souls from Doctor Who. I thought yeah, they when did. They're, like, they did. Floating up to the sky. Yeah, and the pelicans show up and start eating these the adipose. Well, they were meant and to be a... like it's like a you know a soul the Pixar movie. Were they meant to be like yeah. kids who haven't been born yet, like the great before? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then this little girl turns up, and her her powers are fire. So I wonder who she could be. And she starts burning all the pelicans uh, to save the souls going up to be born. Um, and this is when you you meet Willem Dafoe for 30 seconds yeah. as the noble pelican who dies. He was pretty cool. And then the the journey continues. It's just nonsense. It's just nonsense. So I don't think and I missed the journey very continues. much because I've been awake for all of this from then on. Uh, so then he meets up with, with the girl who's then his mum. And then he wants to go and meet the, like, the creator of this realm who is his uncle. And his uncle's like, you need to take over this realm. Was he actually his um, uncle? Because I thought that was just like... Actually, it was, it was his great uncle. Great uncle, actually, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually. Because, you know, um, you know, like in um, like Japanese um, like language, and it was the same in the subtitles, like they call people like big sister or like grandmothers, mm. but, but that's just what they say to like an older woman or like to someone. That, yeah. I didn't know if like they were actually related or like be calling like grand uncle was just like a... Just what no, they I call they like were. an old fella, and and like the the dad's new wife is actually her sister. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got that. Um, that was weird. And then it it was weird, and it wasn't like you're not really told it. No, it's no. Mahito is then given the option to run the realm, is because the great uncle is going to die. Yeah. But Mahito, I guess he learnt through the story that he wasn't a very good guy. Yeah. And says no. He just isn't. And then the realm it, dies. The responsibility just isn't for him. Yeah. And and there are parakeets in there that eat people, and uh, the talking frogs don't come back, the, which is sad. The lead parakeet is Dave it's Batista. Dave Batista, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't. This must be such a boring review because it's. I know we're just like, describing the, but, the, but yeah. that, that's look right. I'm just gonna go out there and say, from describing that plot of that film, how can people describe it as a masterpiece? It's not. There's nothing. It might be like, oh, that was quite a fun watch. That was a nice little, like, some nice vibes, like, you know, a nice little escapism. But people are, like, giving it five stars. Like, I'm sorry, but he just came up with a, a list of random shit. That's not... There's nothing to that. It's the same I as would, yeah. any Ghibli film. Like, you know, I get why you'd like it, but for me, you could just come... Okay, well, oh, there's pigmen. So he's, he goes to a place, and then there's pigmen, and then they sing a song, and then... Um, <laughs> And then it turns out one of them's got, got like, water powers, and then he drowns the place, and then he's trying to swim, and then he's saved by a fish, uh, and then the fish is actually a man in a costume. And then it's like, that's not difficult to come up with. And that's all You've seen that Ghibli film, have you? Yeah. So, the, so, yeah. It, so you know, I don't... For me, it's the same as, like, when everything, everywhere, all at once, one best picture. Great story, great themes. It's a very good film, but, like... People acting like the Ratatouille, the Raccoonie, whatever stuff, and yeah. the hot dog fingers was like genius. It's like, no, it's not. It's just random it's shit. Silly. Anyone can come yeah. up with stuff like that. And so this whole movie is just stuff for me. I feel like maybe I couldn't, but I think I could. I, I feel like most people could come up with something like you this. You just did. You just wrote one. Yeah. 
But that's why I don't understand I, why it's so genius. It doesn't even mean anything. If it was like my a favorite, great metaphor, sure. Well, my my favorite Ghibli film is uh, Princess Mononoke, which is a metaphor uh, and has themes mm. and has a story. Uh, so it's good. I really like that one. I um, liked Howl's Moving Castle because it had a story. And I think for yeah. me, like the parts that I was less interested in is when... Is it Sophie, the main girl? I think she's called. Because um, like, basically the main, her main... Um, objective is to stop being a disgusting old hag and get restored <laughs> to being a, a young woman. <laughs> and like when she was really like into like, okay, I'm going to make sure I get my old self back. Cool. But when she just suddenly didn't care and just was just irrelevant things were happening, I was like, you've lost me here. I just feel like it's important in a story to have the main character really care about their goal. Hmm. And that's why Mojito didn't really have a goal. I mean, it was to, <laughs> I guess, know. get home. He was... Uh, yeah, but even that wasn't his goal. No, because no, he went back in. His goal was back, to yeah. find his mum. That was his goal. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, and he learns that the girl was his mum towards the end. Um, and he saves her, I guess. He pulls her out. And she, he destroys the and realm. He saves like, his auntie. I think he's like, okay, you can live then if you come with me or you don't go back there and she's like no I'm gonna mm. do it anyway because I want to just, just for a bounce yeah it's just something to do in it yes yeah, so I really don't know I don't know it's it's such a hard one I I enjoyed it um because of the world the world building how unique it was but it's it's not a film for for story and investment in characters unfortunately it's just not that I think it's it's just a case of um I like most sort of genres of films i like most things but that that of course there's going to be certain types of films that some people just don't click with and mm. i don't feel like i get these films um maybe if someone explained them or maybe if I, uh, it might be the case i mean there's some things you watch where you what you didn't really connect to the first time you watch it again you're like oh my god i yeah. love that yeah so it's entirely yeah. possible i could watch them again and be like okay i i get it now i get why they mm. are so beloved uh i thought the animation was great um, Great, but yeah, I, know, I would like uh, to rewatch it and and try and follow more of the, um, the see how they live. Is that what it was called? The book. You know, the mum left a book for him. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, there's got to be more to that. Yeah, but it is. It's so. I feel like there like, are a lot of enveloped like details. in metaphor. Yeah. That um, yeah, yeah. I I gave it four stars. I really liked it. I liked the vibe. It's not my favorite Ghibli film. But is is better than like Arietti and when the cat returns okay. and th- those kind of ones. What's that one with um, the earwig? That like CGI one. Oh, that is sh- that's shocking. Is it like the earwig and the witch? Obviously, like it, obviously, like it looks disgusting. But like, is the story it's really disgusting. bad? Also, it's so. It's bad. not Miyazaki though, is it? It's some other It's his son. Oh, okay, yeah, I know his son. Yeah. Did some of them. Cool. Um, but yeah, it, Matt, go and watch Mononoke instead. Okay, I mean, look, I haven't given up on Ghibli because I I liked. My name is Totoro. I liked um, thingy. How's Moving Castle? So Moving Castle. I watched Mononoke. Okay, I've heard that's very good. And there's another Castle in the Sky. Castle in the Sky has very good. I think I've only heard a few more. Kiki's Delivery Service or something. That doesn't. Even, that's that, lovely. That sounds like a Nintendo game. That doesn't sound like a film. That's, that's great. That's cute. Um, and Porco Rosso. Is that about Porco Rosso? Oh my god, Porco Rosso. Yes. Okay. Great. What did you give The Boy and the Heron? I didn't rate it because I fell asleep and I felt that would be unfair. Okay. I, I tried to find it online and like watch the bit I missed. Um, I couldn't find <laughs> it. So I will rate okay. it when I watch it. Um, yeah, it's a sort of, I don't know. It, it's, I don't feel like it's a bad film. I have no like ill feelings. I'm, mm. I'm really glad people like it. It's just, yes. some films made for some people, they're not made for other people. That's all it is. Um, if if you like talking fish and talking frogs, this is the one for you. If you like, uh, I do great, like that thing though. Great uh, voice performance by Rob Patterson. Mm. Uh, just to further prove that he is a very good actor and not just Twilight Man, uh, then this is for you. Um, if you like reviews that don't really review a film because we don't really know what we're talking about, we just and find this film hard to talk about. Yeah, uh, this is for you. Um, I, I would say go and watch it. I would say go and watch it. I think it's gorgeous. I I like seeing an animated film in the cinema that isn't just CG. It isn't just another Pixar film where they spend yeah. years rendering fluff on Mr. Incredible's shirt. Um, this is doing something interesting. Definitely say go and see this. Well, if you're like a f- 
I, I, I think it's got significance in that it's likely the last Miyazaki film. Oh, he said that, but he's going to come and do another one. Well, yeah, probably. But if it is, like, yeah. I guess it's got significance to that way, saying, like, okay, this guy who's got a decades-long career, like, mm. seeing his potentially last one in the cinema. Um, okay, so now we're on to filmmaking lessons. Um, Joshua, what, like, advice, what lessons have you learnt from The Boy and the Heron or Godzilla Minus One? I would probably take away the ability to refocus and reinterpret um, something so culturally important mm. like Godzilla into Godzilla Minus One. I think it's such a unique spin. Um, it's very reminiscent of of what it's based on, but is its own thing. Um, it's not just The Force Awakens to A New Hope. Mm. It's not just, well, we we need to do another one so let's just do it again. Um, the the people behind Godzilla minus one clearly had something that they wanted to say. Yeah. Um, and they said it in such a unique way. Um, it, where it's not just it's not just another one. It's not just another film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you it, can, it really shows. I can easily see a director really being like, right, I'm not making a Godzilla film. It's been done. It's been said. Yeah. This guy yeah. did take it, and he did something completely new with it. Yeah, Which I liked a lot. it's like it's like if I was ever given a Friday the Thirteenth, or if I was ever given yeah. like such a long running franchise like that, I, I would take the minus one approach of, well, this is what was originally said. How can I take that and, yeah. and readapt it maybe for a modern audience or uh, in in something that I'm more passionate in, rather than let's just do it again. That, well, that's like when um, when people complain when Doctor Who's different. It's like, bro, it's been going on for sixty years. Like, yeah, you've got yeah, to do a new yeah. approach. Like, hundred percent. You have to when it gets like sort of semi rebooted every however many years, like five. Yeah, or something. You've, you've, like, got you've got to have, have You've got to have eras. Yeah, you, you have, have to. to. And I would also like to include talking fish and frogs in my next film. Yeah, um, do it. And that's why I take away from Boy in the Heron. On to Curse Double Features. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I've got one for Godzilla. Let's go for it. Um, Godzilla Minus One and the trailer for the new Godzilla and Kong. Okay. Um, just to cringe at how shit the new Hollywood system is and how they run out of ideas. Yeah, I know. I can't believe they're still making <laughs> Godzilla films in this day and age. It's crazy. <laughs> what have you got? I've got... This is a really obvious one. Godzilla Minus One and Oppenheimer, because they're both 2023 films about nuking the Japanese in World War Two. <laughs> and I've got oh god and I've got the amazing Spider-Man uh, because a big lizard wreaks havoc on a city and is thwarted by a man who won't stop crying because his family are dead <laughs> <laughs> I've also got um, Godzilla Minus One and the 2019 Jack Quaid Meyer Erskine film Plus One because uh, that makes zero <laughs> makes zero yeah um Boy in the Heron got Austin Powers because the costume department clearly <laughs> saved on budget by just reusing Doctor Evil's costume for Mojito, <laughs> or possibly Mini Me. <laughs> and I've got um, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi because Mark Hamill plays a wise monk-like character whose job is to keep balance and peace throughout the realm, but just doesn't want to anymore. He's just decided it's boring <laughs> and he's, he's going to give up. <laughs> he's going to pass it on to someone else. <laughs> it's your problem now, boy. <laughs> Um, I got The Boy in the Heron and The Lighthouse uh, both feature Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson in a film uh, with a guy getting obsessed over killing a bird yes that's a very good one um, and then I got uh, The I Boy in like the Heron every, this is like all like, the A24 <laughs> actors are in this I know I know like, it's great Florence they, Pugh's they've got in a this. nose for it yeah um, I got The Boy in the Heron and the original Spider-Man oh boy um, because Robert Pattinson is doing his best Willem Dafoe Green Goblin impression yeah he is and Willem Dafoe's uh, in the says, film. They could have just got him. Yeah. He says Godspeed at one point. And I was like, oh my goodness, he said the line. He said the <laughs> famous Green Goblin line. Wait, but, the, no, but he also says, um, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself. Did you miss <laughs> yeah. that bit? <laughs> yeah. I'm somewhat of a mojito myself. Make sure to leave any comments or curse over features or any thoughts or anything like that below, either on YouTube, on Spotify, uh, on our Instagram, on Matt's TikTok, no, uh, I don't have And we will read them out next no, I, week. I, I, Give I us your thoughts it. of Godzilla and of uh, The Boy and the Heron. If you if you can figure out a way to review The Boy and the Heron in a way that we couldn't, 
leave it below. Oh, go uh, for it. We would love to read that out next week. Um, next week, we'll be looking at uh, Poor Things, which is finally out over here. Oh, I can't Thank wait. God. Um, and we'll be pairing it with... How do we give a hint towards this? Well, it might might change, but I think the plan is... Um, it's a bit like Mithrigan, but... Um, yes, but more sexy. Maybe sexier, yeah. Well, that's us. That's our first one of the year. It's funny how I've already come up with a cursed double feature for that. <laughs> don't don't say it. Yet. it is, don't. Yeah. Right, let's um, go. Happy 2024 to everyone. I hope you all had a lovely New Year's, lovely Christmas. It was fun. Thank, thank you, you for listening, as always. That, oh, it wasn't to you. It that was to the listeners. Just to the audience, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you not? Can you not do that next time, please? Um, yeah, glad to be back. Glad to be back in the saddle. We've got very exciting things planned this year. Another interview next month. Very exciting. That is exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. Have a lovely week, everyone. Okay, thank you. Uh, no, Matt, that was that was the audience again. No, just, okay, okay, I keep yeah, misunderstanding. Yeah. And Matt, I'll see you on the next one. So you're talking to me this time? Matt, that was, that was you me. again. Yeah, I'll see you, you too. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing it. In a bit. Bye. Bye. <laughs>